0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. From the Tampa Bay Times, he covers the Buccaneers as well as anyone except his son. Greg <laughs> Almond joins us. Greg, good morning. Good afternoon, man.
1: Good morning, guys. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm glad that I got him to catch the good morning from yeah, me. Yeah, and I, and I'm not the only one. Uh, hey, listen, this is something we've been talking a little bit about today. Do you think Bucks fans should be at all concerned about the fact that they've yet to score a, a passing touchdown so far this
1: preseason? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a hang-up just because so much of the excitement in the offseason has been all the weapons they had on offense, uh, how much better they expect to be. And, and all I would say to that is that, just, that it's you got to think of it as, as two pages out of a really big playbook that they're willing to show, and a lot of personnel that's been out there. I mean, I think Winston had two drives the first game, three the second, uh, didn't have J- Evans or Jackson in the third game. So, yes, it should be a concern, but just keep a really big asterisk on it that, that they haven't had all their personnel, and it, it is curious that they haven't had more success, but... I wouldn't worry too much about it right now within the context of just it being preseason and, and a lot of other mitigating
2: factors to it. Greg, the Bucks picked up two guys today, defensive ends. Obviously, they had to do something after Devontae Lambert was ruled out after the game the other night. Uh, what do you know about these two new players, and uh, are there is there any chance they'll make the uh, opening roster uh, September 10th?
1: Yeah, this, there's probably not a chance to make the roster. Realistically, this is just wanting to have enough healthy bodies to get to the game on Thursday night. Um, in general, the guys you can pick up on the street in late August are not going to be prime 53 material. But, um, but having said that, I mean, they, they tried to get Tony Ealy off waivers when the Patriots cut. I think they were one of seven teams that put in claims, mm-hmm. uh, according to ESPN. And obviously the Jets got him. I, I think it, right now it's just about getting through things. Uh, the, the guy they picked up from the Titans today uh, you know, played a couple games last year Um, has some good size, but but realistically isn't going to make this roster in a week. Uh, The best scenario for those guys is to show something on Thursday and and kind of be on the call list. And if they need somebody during the year, it gets them on the practice squad or something like that.
0: Looking at the cornerback position, I think Ryan Smith's had a little bit of an up-and-down camp in preseason. Do you think that the Bucs can rely on him? Is he reliable enough if Brent Grimes or uh, Vernon Hargraves were to go down?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the plan right now. Uh, it's definitely kind of been a, a baptism by fire here the last three games. Uh, but the, the Grimes injury is probably a blessing for him because he's gotten, whatever, 40 snaps a game to line up against top-tier NFL competition, something he really hasn't had to do as a cornerback especially. Um, and, again, if if something were to happen to one of the starters, they also have Elliott, they also mm-hmm. have Robert McClain, who's, who's been an outside corner at times in the NFL. Uh, but, no, they're, they're trusting him, I, I think, He's better right now as a third corner, as somebody they can rotate in a couple series a game, especially if they have a lead. Uh, You know, For him to get pressed into duty uh, as a starting cornerback, we'd probably be asking a lot of him right now.
2: We're talking to Greg Ullman from the Tampa Bay Times. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, Greg, uh you know we're talking a lot about peyton barber last week i didn't think he had the greatest game saturday night didn't see too much from jeremy mcnichols uh where where is the status what is the status we know with doug martin obviously but what's the status of everybody after doug in the running back uh position
1: yeah it's a little curious all of a sudden um you know i think most of us had expected they would carry four running backs to start the season and it would kind of solve the who gets cut question because doug isn't Mm -hmm. one of them so the the consensus was, oh, they've got, they'll have Jacquez Rogers, and they'll have Charles Sims to help him out, and then they have Peyton Barber and Jeremy McNichols as well, and McNichols didn't even necessarily have to be active early on. Um, but, you know, now, if you watch the game Saturday night, McNichols only played two plays. Uh, came in, took a loss of one yard on his first carry, and then didn't pick up a blitzing safety. He got the quarterback sacked and Cutter was upset enough. He pulled him out of the game. Didn't put him back in. So, uh, that, that you know, we've seen throughout this preseason kind of the general theme of him not necessarily knowing his playbook well enough, um, and you know the first week of hard knocks when you see that it, it's kind of a, ooh, that guy better get things together. But when you hear that five days before cut day, uh, suddenly it's a little concerning. And we kind of asked her yesterday, uh, is this somewhere his job is in jeopardy? And he's he's like, well, no, he's got one more chance. He said one final chance to show what he can do on Thursday. So. There could be some rhetoric, just trying to scare him. I think they know that they probably have an extra spot for a running back for these first three weeks, but it definitely sends a message to Jeremy McNichols that nothing is guaranteed. And and Jason Light has you know cut a fair amount of draft picks without them ever playing a down for the Buccaneers before.
0: With Devontae Lambert going down, the Bucks have you know some interesting pieces like Ryan Russell. I've never been. Uh, a huge George Johnson guy. I feel like sometimes the effort just isn't there with him. What have you heard about Jacquez Smith? Do you think there's any chance that he's back before the first half of the season? And uh, are you as down on, on you know the, the depth after uh, the top few ends as, as I am?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think going in right now, uh, the, the top three are certainly legit. I mean, yeah. for the Golston airs Noah Spence. And the question is who comes in next? Um, and Noah Spence is probably the next guy that you know, you'd, you'd think would get starter-quality reps. But after that, you know, Ryan Russell's a guy they used as a third-down rusher. Lambert was probably the closest thing they had to Golston in terms of spelling yeah. him uh, as a run-stopping end. And uh, after that, now now you have a drop-off. And You mentioned George Johnson, uh, you know, did not necessarily perform very well his first year with the Bucs, didn't have any sacks at all, missed last year with a hip injury. Um you know, and then George Johnson carries, I think it's a $2.25 million contract for this year. So if they're committed to that and committed to him, that's fine. Um, the other guys they have are, are relatively unknowns, at least in terms of talking on sports radio or writing the paper. Uh, the guy named Tavares Barnes and a guy named Sterling Bailey. Uh, Barnes had a sack Saturday night against the Browns. Bailey had a sack against the Bengals in the first game. Um, they're guys that have been around the league, haven't played a whole lot, But as a fifth end, it might be what they turn to at least until Jacque Smith is healthy, whenever that is here in the first uh, month or so of the season.
0: So no whispers on Smith right now?
1: No, I I saw Jacque Smith. He's been at practice now for probably a week and a half, not participating. Um, Dirk said he started running, which is encouraging. And all Jacque said, I, I asked him, and he's kind of keeping it on the lowdown in terms of where he is. But he said he's on schedule and he's happy with where things are coming along. So, um, the Bucks, you know, because he hasn't practiced all in the preseason, he, he's eligible for what's called the PUP list, which is a physically unable to perform list. So if they wanted to, that would allow them to keep him and not have him count towards the 53-man roster for the first six weeks of the season. Um, and then they could reevaluate. So it, it kind of just depends on where they think he is. And, if you know, if it's just something where they can keep him on the 53 and he's inactive the first week or two, they can do that too. Um, some of the biggest decisions they have to make here this week with Cuts are injury-related and how they handle guys like Devontae Lambert and Jacque Smith and Ryan Griffin and some of the other guys that are hurt right now.
0: Geez, before mandatory minicamp, it seemed like we were talking about Stevie Tui Vatu quite a bit. Maybe it was just his story or his name. But we were talking about him quite a bit. Haven't heard his name a lot. Haven't seen a lot from him through training camp in the preseason. Uh, is he sticking around?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a question right now. And, again, the seventh-round pick is, is no lock to make the roster to begin with. Yeah. The, the two guys that are really battling for that fourth defensive spot are, are CBT and a guy named Silver Salinga, who's also a big, you know, three forty-three fifty type that they brought in last year. is also just kind of a, a good run-stopping defensive tackle. Um, and And the idea is that they want to get those guys to also be involved in the pass rush, to kind of be able to, to push a pocket back. Um, neither of them have done that very much. I think Salinga got in and had a tackle in the first quarter on Saturday, which bodes well for him. Uh, two, we had, I think, 22 snaps, didn't have any tackles. So one of those two will get it. Um, you know, Stevie's probably a little cheaper salary-wise. They're actually very close in age. Like, Salinga, I think, is in his sixth NFL season, but he's 27. And as you remember, Stevie had a, a, a mission while he was in college. Yep. Uh, so Stevie's 26 as a rookie. So there's not that much difference in age. But, no, it would definitely behoove both of those guys to step up and, and make some splash plays here thursday to help their case because they're both not going to stick around
0: make sure you're following him on twitter at greg almond uh his son also is on twitter and does a very <laughs> good job i uh, just <laughs> i love to trust your balls greg hey uh really appreciate your time this this afternoon thanks for joining us thanks man.
1: greg nope take care guys all right thank you
0: i give greg a hard time all the time about it. I, you know it's funny when i had uh, i had riley on from camp um a couple weeks ago when we were out of camp and i was like I wonder if, if your dad like ever takes it personal that I have you on the radio more than him. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> Dude doesn't. I tell people all the time I, I, I give Greg a hard time, but any any anytime someone asks me something about the bucks that I don't know, I go, Go ask Greg.
2: Go ask Greg. Greg on. knows everything. Everything. Number wise, everything. stats wise. Unbelievable. I mean, such a good tag team there with him and Rick Stroud. You're really getting it all.